thinking for the topic. Each summer we do a different uh, topic. So uh, usually I've been doing like a particular theme throughout the summer. But I thought for this summer to you tell me what you think. And I'm open to requests. But I was thinking about doing, I do a series in yeshiva on Thursday nights called From the Rabbi's Desk. Where I just uh, go through interesting shilas that I've been asked that week and uh, we just uh, go through a different shayla each week. So I was thinking each day we'll just do a different shayla that I was asked and sort of, uh, so like there's no, you don't have to have been at yesterday's shayla to get today's shayla, you know, like there's no, uh, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's interesting. So I got an interesting shayla recently, at least it was interesting to me, um, and uh, I didn't think the answer was so pushed at all, so I'd like to go through it with you and, um, you know, uh, let's, let's see if we can come to some sort of conclusion here. So I got the following email last week. It reads as follows. Hello, Rabbi. I was talking to a co-worker about my son's pidyona ben, and I mentioned how my grandfather gave me the five coins to use. However, after the event, my grandfather asked me for the coins back. I told him the Kohen has the coins. He was confused, and he demanded his coins back. I knew that the Kohen can't just give it back, because then the sale is a farce. I therefore bought the coins back from the Kohen for $100, and gave my grandfather back the coins. Now, my co-worker says the coins were never mine, since my grandfather expected them back, and I should consider redoing the Pidyon Aben on my now eight-year-old son. If I do need to redo it, I'm going to need a really big silver tray. Okay, so that was the Shaila. What's the silver tray reference? Are you familiar? Ah, on the Pidyon Aben, they put the baby on a silver tray. So he was joking. He was saying, if I have to do Pidyon Aben on my eight-year-old, I'm going to need a very big silver tray. The silver tray is not my Akiva Pidyon Aben. You can do Pidyon Aben without a silver tray. That was just a... What? It looks, it looks fancy. They put jewelry around it. They do all, all sorts of minhagim. Garlic and all these things. But none of that is like the actual Pidyon. What's the actual Pidyon? What's the core element of Pidyon Aben? What do you need to do? Right, you need to give, uh, meaning uh, the way it's set up and the way the whole conversation is set up, it's ki'ilu, even though it doesn't really mean this, it's ki'ilu, the kohen owns your baby and you got to pay him uh, five silver coins to get your baby back. Whatever it is, I think it's 103 grams of silver or something is the, uh, the, the amount of money. Um, they usually use five silver dollars, although I'm told that the silver dollars from the 1970s, the American silver dollars from the 1970s, they had its kufa, they had a short period of time where they were putting less silver in the silver dollars, so it may not be enough silver. So if you have, like, a, a lot of families have, like, silver dollars in their family that were used for Pidyon Abens throughout uh, the generations, so if you have silver dollars from a particular uh, period of time, it could be that it's no good, but usually we just use uh, five silver dollars. It's a couple hundred dollars worth of, uh, meaning it costs more than five dollars. It's about a couple hundred dollars worth of silver, and we use that for, uh, for Pidyon Abens. Um, so what's the issue over here? What's the problem? Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to give the coin the money, and it's supposed to be matan. If you say, okay, I'm lending you the money, now uh, is, is, does it work? No, then the ben is not padui. Where else in halacha do we have such a thing where someone ha- there has to be a transaction where the other person has to acquire it in, in order to us? Uh, so kiddushin. By kiddushin, it has to be both on two ends. First of all, that the chasen has to own the ring, and then when he gives the ring, it has to actually be... One second, one second, one second, let me just finish the sentence. So when he gives the ring to the to the kala, it also has to be a real giving of the uh, of the ring. What are you saying? Selling chametz? What do you mean by that? 
that it has to be that the, the guy actually becomes the owner. It can't be that he's borrowing your chametz for Pesach, because then you're still the owner. That would be a problem. Where else do we need it? Does a mitzvah require, does, does your Hanukkah menorah have to belong to you to be able to say the mitzvah? No. What other mitzvah has to belong to you? Lulav, right? The Torah says, Ulekachtem lachem biyom arishon that it has to belong to you on the, on the first day. So on the first day, it used to be in many towns in Europe, um, they, they, not everyone could afford a dollar minimum. They didn't have so many estrogum available, especially if they lived in colder climates. They, you know, import, export, stuff like that wasn't you know, so common back then. And uh, if, so, if one guy in the whole town got an esrog or a lulav, you know, they didn't have palm trees growing in uh, white Russia, you know, so like to get a, to get a lulav, was not so simple. Nowadays, you know, in America, you have plenty of love in that grow in California and Florida, and it's easy enough to be able to get them to New York. But uh, so what they they say actually, Moshe Feinstein used the same lulav for like six years in a row. He would uh, he got a lulav once. He would just hang it on a hook and take it off the hook the next year and use it again. And uh, you know, so t- so what they would do is like a, a community, a shul of a couple hundred people would use one set of dalad minim. So how did they do that? If it needs to belong to you in order to be able to the mitzvah, how does anybody get the mitzvah besides for the first guy? So they have to be coned. It has to belong to them, right? They have to make it theirs somehow. So if I lend it to you on the first day, no good. You're not Yotzei the Mitzvah. It can't be a loan. It has to be a matana. It has to actually belong to you. That's why the Shulchan Aruch says, if you have a, a child, the Allah is that a child is able to be kona something, but he's not able to be maknebek. He doesn't have enough das to be able to, uh, to, to, to um, uh, facilitate a transaction back to the adult. So if you want to share your lulav with the child, Shulchan Aruch says what you need to do is, you do the mitzvah first, and only then give it to the child, because you might be able to give it to the child, but he's not going to be able to give it back to you. Now, after the first day, it doesn't need to belong to you. Once, you, once it's past the first day. Okay, but let's get back to Pidyan Ben. So what's the story with Pidyan Ben over here? Does this work? Does this not work? What's the issue over here? I mean, again, for those guys who came in a little late, the Shiloh was that a guy um, did Pidyan Ben for his son, but, but he got the coins, the five coins, from his grandfather. Right after the Pidyan Ben, the grandfather said, I want my coins back. And the guy said, what are you talking about? I gave it to the Kohen. So the grandfather said, I was all confused. He's like, what do you mean? Give me my coins back. So the, uh, the father of the child, the Aviyah Ben, paid the Kohen money, got the coins back, gave them back to the grandfather. Now he wants to know if the Pidyan Ben was kosher in the first place. Is that a kosher Pidyon? So what, what I'd like to do in order to answer this question or to approach and answer this question is to take this in, in three steps. First of all, let's just talk about the halacha of pidyon with intention to return. Can I give coins to a Kohen with the intention that he has to give them back to me? Does that work for pidyon Ben? Then what I'd like to do is to translate that into our case. Right, to try to see how that carries over, how that halacha, as it appears in Shulchan Aruch, carries over to our case of the guy getting the coins from the grandfather. And then I would like to uh, go through what a couple of the poskim that I had an opportunity to ask the question to, uh, what their take was on, on it. The, the biggest section is the first section, just like what is the halacha when it comes to Pidyon Aben, uh, where you're expecting the money back. Now, the, the discussion as it appears in Shulchan Aruch is not... Uh, our case. Our case is that the actual pidyon itself, you know, when the guy was giving it to the coin, the guy was intending to fully give it to the coin for the coin to keep it, and the coin was taking it for keeps. Right? That wasn't the issue in our case. In our case, what was the issue? 
Right, it was the third party. It was rather the grandfather giving it to the to, to, to the Avia Ben. What? He thought that it's just a game that you give the five coins and you get them back. But he didn't know that it has to be. So uh, that, that was his impression of how Pidina Ben works. So uh, so that's um, so, so our case is a little bit different than the case discussed in Shulchan Aruch. The case discussed in Shulchan Aruch and the case discussed in the Gemara is where the Avia Ben owns the money. But he's giving it to the Kohen with the understanding that the Kohen is going to give it back. So once we have an understanding of what that halach is, we can then try to translate it over to our case, right? You follow the difference, right? So in the case in Shulchan Aruch, it starts with the Mishnah Meseches Bechoros. Uh, Meseches Bechoros is about firstborns, so there's a whole paragraph Meseches Bechoros about the Deen of Pidyan Aben. I'm thinking one summer maybe we'll do Pidyan Aben and Keli Masmidin. It's like a good self-contained uh, topic in one, uh, one particular area of Shas, so it's, it like, works well. So the Mishnah Meseches Bechoros tells us that a coin is allowed to give the coins back to the father, meaning the coin doesn't have to keep the coins forever. Now, but that, you know, that's no chiddush, right? Anything you own, you're allowed to give to anybody, it's yours. So if the Kohen is given the coins and he's the owner of the coins, he can give them to his wife, his sister, his uh, grandmother, or back to the Aviyaban if he wants. You know, there's no iser in the Kohen giving the coins back to the father. But then the Gemara tells the story of Rabbi Hanina. That Rabbi Hanina was a Kohen, apparently, and he would often give the money um, uh, when the father uh, would linger, you know, if the father would do the pidyon aben, right? And the Rabbi Hanina would take the money, and the father sitting there with the baby, and the father would just like wait there expect- expectantly, you know, and the Rabbi Hanina would get the hint that the father wants the money back. So he'd say, okay, you want the money back? He'd say, fine, I'll give the money back, but you should just know that the Pidyon Aben didn't work because uh, if you were, your intention the whole time was to get the money back, then the Pidyon Aben doesn't work. But th- that's, that's what the Gemara says in Masechus Bechoros. And it doesn't work. If uh, the father was, was planning on getting it back the whole time, it doesn't work. However, there is a Gemara in the first part of Kiddushin, which is, uh, anyone ever learned Kiddushin here? First part of Kiddushin? Rabbi points out last night, first part of Kiddushin is the longest part in Shas. Forty blot long, first part of Masechus Kiddushin. So the first, in the, toward the beginning of the first part of Kiddushin, Davavam Beis, which is about as far as some yeshivas get, but uh, the Gemara says that a matana al menas shema matana. That if you give someone a gift with the intention of getting the gift back, that's called a gift. It works. Meaning, if I give you my lulav on the first day of Sukkot, and I say, here's a gift, it's yours, but it's only yours, conditional that you give it back eventually. So can you be Yotze the Mitzvah with that lulav? The halach is yes. Shema matana. It counts as a gift. So even though the Gemara says in Bechorus that if a father gives the Pidyan Aben money and he wants it right back, it's no good. But the rule generally is that if you give a Matana Al-Minas with the condition of giving it back, that it's perfectly fine. So that really causes like a bit of a stira, right? Meaning, which is it? Can you give something with the condition of getting it back and, and say that that's a perfectly good gift? Or do you say that no, Matana Al-Minas doesn't work? Ah, so it will explain. What do you mean? The second case where the guy gives it, knowing that he's going to get it back, and it worked. But the case where he gives it, not, and he didn't, his whole intention the whole time. Who, the giver or the recipient? No, in the second case, it worked because the intention was he was going to The intention of who? You have to be clear because I'm not uh, sure who you're talking the about. The giver, yeah. His intention was that he was going to have it back. Okay. But back to our case, the whole intention with the grandfather and the yeah. father. Well, the grandfather intended to get. Well, let's 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 not get to our case yet. Let's let's stick with 
what we have right now is what seems like a stira between a Gemara in Bechoros and a Gemara in Kiddushin. Right? The Gemara in Bechoros says that if the father's giving it with the plan of getting it back, then it's no good. And the Gemara in Kiddushin says, Matana al-Manasachir, Shema Matan, that it actually counts as Matana. So how do we reconcile that? So you open up a Shulchan, yeah? Oh, maybe, 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 but we'd have to figure out why we would differentiate. So if you open up a Shulchan Aruch to Yeridea Simen Shinhei, Yeridea Simen Shinhei is the Simen about Pidina Ben, right? So uh, you figure you'll get clear direction, Yeridea Simen Shinhei. So I'm going to read you the Shulchan Aruch, pay careful attention, and you'll tell me what the Shulchan Aruch is paskening. When you give something as a Matana, a Pidina Ben to the Kohen, as you're giving the five coins as a Matana, with the intention of getting it back, does it work or not? Here's what the, what the Shulchan Aruch writes. If the coin wants to give it back, Rashi, he's allowed to do that. Let me read that again. What's he saying? You cannot give it on the condition that you get it back, which sounds more like the Gemara Bechoros or more like Kiddushin. Bechoros, right? You cannot give it with the intention of getting it back. And if you did so, when the coin gives it back, ain bino padui. What does that mean? It's not a pity not matana gemura. You have to have intention to give it fully. But if the coin decides to give it back afterwards, okay, gesundheit, let the coin do whatever he wants afterwards. But, but it sounds very clearly like the Gemara in Becharos, right? Not like the Gemara in Kiddushin. So clearly indicating Matar Menachsachsev does not work, which sounds great. Now we have clear direction from the Shulchan Aruch. Problem is, in the very same sentence, the Shulchan Aruch then goes, he goes on to say, look, don't be in the habit of giving to, of, you know, Kohen should not be in the habit of always returning the money. Because if you do that, then you know, some Kohanim are poor and they rely on Pidyan Aben for a little extra Parnasa. But if, if everyone knows that you're a Kohen that's always going to return the money, then everyone will always use you as their Kohen for Pidyan Aben and all these Nebuch Aniyim are not going to get Pidyan Aben money. Okay, Stam, a Musr that the Shulchan Aruch adds. But then the Shulchan Aruch says that you have to be careful not to be Mafsid Kohanim who, who are not going to give to anybody else. But then he writes, V'koldshkein shemizahatan and for the same reason, don't do a pidyon ben with a matana al menas because then poor kohanim are never going to have a pidyon ben. They're never going to get money for pidyon ben. But, but pay careful attention. im If you violated this and you got you received it as as a matana al and the father told you, I'm giving this to you on the condition that you give it back. So what do you expect the uh, halacha to be? That it doesn't work. It works. Because it's a Gemara in Kiddushin. It works. So it's like this blatant steer in Shulchan Aruch. Right? Not like from one halacha in Shulchan Aruch to another. From the first half of a sentence to the second half, of it, it's in the same seif in Shulchan Aruch, where he starts off by saying Matana Menasachir does not work, and then he says Matana Menasachir does work. Uh, the Ramah simply adds that you have to say explicitly that it's Al Menasachir, but if you just say here's five slot and give him back, 
but you don't say it's al minaslach. So I'm giving as a matana on the condition that you give back. You just say here's five salam, give it back. Then it won't work. But but the clear indication of the shulchan aruch of the second half of the shulchan aruch matana al minaslach it does work. What do you mean shogig and mazid? About what? But in Dine Mamelis, that usually doesn't, doesn't work that way. Because when it comes to, that's when it comes to, did you violate an Avera? How bad of an Avera? Over here, it's not an Avera, it's just a question of, did you get the mitzvah yet or not? Or do you still need to do the mitzvah? Right? It's like a monetary transaction. So it usually wouldn't work that way. So the Ramah realizes something's off over here. And the Ramah adds in a line on the first part of the Shulchan Aruch. Right, what was the first part? The first part is where he said, that if you give it with the condition to get it back, that it's no good. So the Ramah writes, "Vidas hakohen hoisem mitchila shalol lekabla v'nasachzi." The Ramah says that the the case in the first part, where the, where the kohen didn't know that he was supposed to give it back, meaning you thought you were giving it to him with the condition of getting it back, he didn't know that. The kohen thought he was getting it for keeps. That's when it doesn't work. But if you and the kohen both know that it's being given as a matana on the condition to give it back, then it's fine. So the Ramah sort of tries to patch that up a little bit. But in terms of the Mechaber, it seems like a blatant stira. It's interesting, Pischei Tshuva on the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch quotes of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that nowadays we don't have Kohanim Yuchasim. Right? No one's really sure that there are Kohen nowadays. Whenever I say that in Mashiach, I get emails, no, I'm sure, I'm my grandfather or whatever. Okay, I have a Ksav Yichus that goes back to Dovra Melech or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, but okay, let's assume that you know, your average uh, Kohen isn't really sure that he's a Kohen. So the Pizchit Shuvah says, maybe nowadays it's better to do it as a Matan al Because the Ko- from a Kohen's perspective, if I'm, if I'm a Kohen and I'm getting Pidina bed money, I always have to be choshesh. Maybe I don't really deserve it because maybe I'm not really a kohen. And if I don't really deserve it, how can I keep it, right? So, it, it, like, the money should be burning a hole in your pocket. Meaning, it should be like, I don't want to keep stolen stuff, right? That's no good. So, from a kohen's perspective, it's a little uh, iffy, right? That's that, that's what Pizchit says. Not only that, Pizchit says, if you have a son that you did pidyon ben on, every time you meet another kohen, you should do another pidyon just in case. You know, that maybe you'll uh, run into, they say the Grud did that, I think, that, that he kept on doing pidyons for his son, just in case, you know, uh, none of them were Kranim Yuchasim. He even goes so far as to say, is if you're a Kohen or a Levi yourself, and you have a firstborn son, or your wife is a Bas Kohen or a Bas Levi, do Pidyon Aben anyway. Because maybe you're not really a Kohen, and you need to do Pidyon Aben. Normally a Kohen doesn't have to do Pidyon Aben on his own son, a Levi doesn't have to do Pidyon Aben on his own son, a Bas Kohen and a Bas Levi don't have to do Pidyon Aben on their own That's why you've probably not been to too many Pidyon Abens, right? Because there are so many cases where you don't do it. First of all, if the firstborn is a girl, no Pidyon Aben, right? Meaning, so right off the bat, you knock out 50% of families from Pidyon Aben, right? Then if the either parent is a Kohen or a Levi, either mother or father is a Kohen or a Levi, no Pidyon Aben. Then if there's a C-section, no pidyon abed, right? If the baby wasn't born naturally, it's no pidyon abed. So you have so many cases where we where you don't do pidyon abed. That's why they're so rare. So it's nowadays 
Yeah, so that's what Pisgah Tshuva quotes from Rav did. I don't think that's the practice. I think the common practice is Kohanim are allowed to keep it, and they we say a bracha on it, and we don't go running around to do pidyons with every Kohen that we meet. You know, I don't think uh, that's the practice. But anyway, going back to the Shulchan Aruch, how do we understand this Shulchan Aruch? Right, he speaks out of two sides of his mouth at the same time, and then we'll be able to bring it back to us, hopefully, all in the next ten minutes. So the Shach has two approaches to this, and the Taz has a third approach. Uh, to, to make a long story short, the Shach's approach is that, and he quotes a number of Rishonim that say that way, that if you give it Belev Shalim, with the condition that it be returned at some later time, that's fine. Matana Menasach, it works. But if you intend to just like, you know, like for show, just give it and take it right back, meaning like it's, you know, it's like a game. I, it's like we're having a football catch. I'll pass you the money, you pass it right back to me. Then it was never really a Matana. Matana Menasach means I'm giving it to you, you'll hang on to it for some time, and there's a condition that eventually you need to return it. But if it's just like, here, now give it back, that's no good. So in the first half of the Shulchan Aruch, he was talking about, don't give it as like, you know, where it's just a game, where you give it five coins, then you get it right back. The second half of the Shulchan Aruch, he was saying, but what you can do is you can give it, and then at some later time, you'll, you'll get it back. That's, that's the first approach the Shach has, but the Shach himself doesn't like that approach at all. He thinks the correct. He thinks that might be the sheet of the mechaber, but he thinks for Ashkenazi Jews, at least, the correct shot is that if the and this is approach number two, that if the father made it clear that he was giving it as a matanah menasachzir, so that both the father of the child and the kohen were on the same page, then it's fine. Matanah menasachzir works. But if the father never said it out loud, he never said matanah menasachzir, which left room for the kohen to think what that he could keep it, that it's a matana gemura, and the father had in mind that it should really be al-menas then you have a problem. The second approach of the shach is you need to spell it out. Yes, you can give us a matana menas but it needs to be stated. If it's not stated, you have a problem. The Taz has a very similar approach, but he, 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 he doesn't make it about whether you spelled it out or not. He makes it more about were they both thinking the same thing? Meaning a transaction only works if both parties ha- are having the same thing in mind, right? Like if, if uh, sometimes people like, it, it can get a little awkward, right? You know, as a rabbi, a lot of times people give me svarim because they just, that's the go-to gift for a rabbi. They figure, you know, probably likes to learn if he's a rabbi. So they give svarim a lot of times. And sometimes, like, they wrote a sefer or their grandfather wrote a sefer or their brother wrote a sefer and they want to, you know, get the word out there so they'll give svarim. But it's not always obvious whether the safer is to borrow, to keep, to sell, right? And sometimes it's awkward to ask, right? Because once you say, oh, is this like a gift? Then they'll be like, oh, well, I guess if like, you want it as a gift, I'll get, you know, like, but, you know, so, so the, 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 it only works, though, as a gift if both parties are intending it to be a gift. If someone gives me a safer expecting payment and I'm like, oh, thanks so much for the gift, he's allowed to say, no, no, that wasn't my intention. You know, it will be $22, please, or whatever, right? Meaning, if there's no meeting of the minds, then it doesn't work. Then there's no transaction. So the Taz says, as long as both of them initially had the, inten- had the same intention, then it's fine. You can do whatever intention you want. It could be Amnas Aksir. But if the father of the Aviyah Ben was giving it Amnas Aksir, and the guy was receiving it thinking he gets to keep it, then you get, you've got a problem. Then there's no transaction. How do you do that speaking? How do you do that speaking out? Good. So it could be that there's some, there, there, that maybe there's like a practice in the community that everybody does it this way, right? Where it's like self-understood. Just like a 
Or it could be that afterwards we asked them, what were you thinking? And they both say, we were thinking the same thing, right? So now we know they were both thinking this, so then it's fine. Whereas the shach says you need to actually speak it out. Yeah. The shach says you have to speak it out in order to make sure they're on the same page, but it needs to be spoken out. Whereas the Taz says, it's not about the speaking, it's just about getting them on the same page. Oh, so one second. So, what, what do you mean? Right. That's exactly what the Ramah is saying. Meaning the Ramah is saying that if you didn't spell it out, then it's not going to be good because then there's going to be not going to be a meeting of the minds. What case? What? The Ramah modifies the first case of Shulchan Aruch by saying it's where you didn't spell it out. And the second case in the Shulchan Aruch, where the Shulchan Aruch says that it works, is where you did spell it out. What? So that's the Shachtaz, right? That's the difference. Now, let's translate that back to our case. So again, in our case, the problem is not between the father of the child and the Kohen. They were, father of the child was giving it, believe Shalem to keep, and the Kohen was taking it to keep. That wasn't the problem. The problem was that the father of the child ever owned it in the first place. So let's think it through. What was the grandfather thinking when he gave it to the father of the child? So was it a matana al menas la Yes. Yeah. So we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what it meaning the grandfather's not a Lamdan. Right. I mean the grandfather's not Marvitz. He doesn't know, right? So so it, it could have been a loan. It could be here, borrow these coins from me. If it's a loan, then the then then the Aviya Ben definitely didn't own the money, right? If it's a matan al then it's fine. Then the Aviya Ben did own the money. And that's perfectly fine. Right? Perhaps, right? That might be fine. Well we'll get to that. But it's a non-starter if the grandfather was just lending the money to the, to the grandson. Right? Then it's for sure no good. Now, was he just lending the money? So there is a halacha in Hilchah's lulav. Now, let's say, um, I, have a, I own a lulav and esrog, and I'm the only one in shul that owns a lulav and esrog. So I want other people to be able to do the mitzvah also. So I do the mitzvah, and then I start giving it to other people, and I never tell them, you know, I never say anything. I just start handing it around shul. So the Shulchan Aruch says, we assume you mean matan al-manas Because that's the only way they'll be able to get the mitzvah and you'll still be able to get your lulav back. Meaning we assume you don't mean to give it as a full gift because you're going to want your lulav back for the next day. Right? So you don't mean to give it as a full gift. We assume you don't mean to just lend it to them because then what's the point of handing it around shul? No one's going to get the mitzvah. Right? So we assume you mean matan al-manas What does that indicate to you? that you can make an assumption that if I'm giving you something to do a mitzvah with, that I'm giving it to you in a way that, that will work, that you'll be able to do the mitzvah. Why was the grandfather giving the grandson these five silver coins? To do a mitzvah. So maybe, maybe, we can make an assumption that he was giving it to him, because that's the only way it's going to work, to do a mitzvah. Maybe, maybe. However, the Shulchan Aruch also says in Hilchah's Love that you need to use a Lashon Matana. 
You can't just say, Here, take this, be Yotze with it, and give it back to me. That won't work. That indicates that we don't assume Matana Menasla Right? So it's a little bit confusing how it plays out in terms of, uh, in terms of Hilchus Lulav. You know, this comes up all the time um, in a different context. You go to a shul and you forgot your talus at home. Right? So what do you do? Take a shul talus. You say a bracha on it? Meaning you're going to be using it for davening the whole time. Do you say a bracha on it? So, strictly speaking, the halacha is a borrowed talus as part of from tzitzis. Borrowed talus. So you can't say a bracha on a borrowed talus. The question is, is it called a borrowed talus? So if you're a member of the shul and you pay dues, so you're, you're a part owner of that talus. But let's say you're a guest, and that's why you don't have your talus with you. So how could people say a bracha? And if people say a bracha on that kind of thing all the time. L'chor, it's a bracha levatala. So we assume, no, the shul's lending it to you, but it's not really lending it to you, it's giving it to you so that you could do the mitzvah. And the only way you could do the mitzvah is if you own it. So the shul means to give it to you as what? And that's the assumption, even though no one ever said it. Right? So maybe you can make such, uh, such assumptions. So let's even assume that way, that the grandfather intended to give it to the grandson as matzah l'manasachsir. What's our problem, though? From the grandson's perspective, the Aviyah Ben's perspective... He thought, what did, what did he think? That he's getting it as a matan gemura. And what did the Taz say? If there's no meaning of the minds, then it doesn't work. Right? And the Shach also said, if there's no meaning of the minds, it doesn't work. Which would mean the grandson is not the rightful owner of, this, of these coins, which means we need to get a big silver tray for the eight-year-old, right? So uh, I was at a wedding on Sunday in Lakewood, um, and I asked Rabbi Sablovsky. Uh, he was there, so I asked Rabbi Sablovsky. The great thing about Rabbi Sablovsky, many great things about Rabbi Sablovsky, one of the greatest things about Rabbi Sablovsky is you can ask many Shaila anywhere, and he's in it. Like, he's like, he's like, well, it's a steer, Gemara B'chayrus, and Gemara Kiddush, and all the Rishayim and B'chayrus, like, 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 like uh, always, like immediately. So Rabbi Sablovsky said, you got to do another pidyon, do it without a bracha, but you got to do another pidyon. He says, I, what about this? And he says he doesn't think the grandfather meant it as a matana menasachsir. I, what about the fact that uh, we always assume matana menasachsir by lulav? And he said, yeah, by lulav, what else is a lulav ever used for? It's only used for a mitzvah. So of course the guy wants you to be able to do the mitzvah. But coins are money. It's silver. So it could be that he, he's not intending for, for you to be able to use it. Whatever it is, he thought you definitely have to. But then yesterday we had Gedolim Day here in Camp Kaley. So we had a couple of uh, postkin uh, in camp. I did not get a chance to get to Rav David Kohn, who I really wanted to ask the Shaila to. Hopefully we'll go visit him in Camp Monk with the Masmidim, so we'll be able to ask him then. But I did ask Rav Ruben Feinstein. And Rav Ruben Feinstein said, look, the grandfather might be an Amaretz, but he wants the mitzvah to be done. And he's perfectly happy with an arrangement where getting the coins back will involve purchasing them from the Kohen. I mean, it's not like the grandfather was saying, I want these coins back you know, for free. No, he might have been saying, look, they're yours, and then I want the opportunity to be able to buy them back, which is in fact what happened in the end, right? To be able to buy Yeah, the grandson paid for it, that's true. But, you know, Baruvin said, he doesn't think the guy wants the value of the coins back. He just wants the sentimental, you know, for sentimental purposes, he's going to want the coins back. So he's going to want the opportunity to buy them. And if you would tell the grandfather, yeah, but the cost of the pidyon is then going to be 200 bucks because we're going to have to pay the coin... He'd say, okay, I don't mind 200 bucks, just give me the coins back. You know, like, I don't mind paying 200 bucks to, to get my coins back. 
But it means the Rav Ruvain thought that you don't need to do another Pidyon Ben. In the end of the day, uh, the Avia Ben, after all this discussion, told me, he said, I'm going to do another Pidyon without a Bracha just to clear my head that, like, I'm, I don't have a kid walking around without a Pidyon Ben. Okay, that's it for today. Everyone have a great day. Enjoy the rain. Okay.